You're listening to the Graceful Living Podcast, conversations to help bring you into the transcendental journey of yoga. This week, I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Teresa, sharing an update on what's going on, some exciting news, and ultimately the topic of today's discussion on what it means to live a life of service. Welcome back to Graceful Living Podcast, everybody. I hope you're well, and I hope that you've been enjoying yourself. We're moving into spring. We're kind of in winter still, but we're moving towards spring, and you can smell it in the air, and you can feel it in the air. Uh, It's been a while since we've released an episode. We've been so busy with life, and I wish we would be releasing more episodes, but, you know, the busyness of life has caught up with us, and my beautiful wife is pregnant with our second child, which is such a blessing for us. And we're so grateful. We're grateful to be here with you sharing um, sharing what we're passionate about, which is living a life of service and helping people. So quick little update. You know, the world is kind of a hot mess. And even though the world is a hot mess, we're remaining chill. And we're just riding our internal vibe, our spiritual currents. So think about an eagle that, you know, is being pestered by the crow. And instead of fighting the crow and trying to outmaneuver the crow, which it can't because the crow is just so much more agile, shorter wingspan, the eagle just spreads its wings, rises higher and higher and catches those thermal currents and now has a great perspective over the world. And it's a beautiful thing. Uh, It's said that some eagles have been caught at 20,000 feet in altitude. We're being like the eagle and we're spreading our wings and we're catching the spiritual currents instead of the thermal currents. And that gives us this perspective to not react and to rather be a bit more responsive to our environment. So that's where we are. You know, we've We've extended our wings as an eagle and we have rode through the currents, the spiritual currents, and we've been able to witness down below all of um, the closures and they've you know, tried to close us down so many times as um, a spiritual center supporting our community and we're still here. We're still here and what keeps us here is living a life of service and knowing how important it is to support people in their spiritual journey. So my sweetheart, Teresa, eight months pregnant, please share, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm happy we're here. It's been a really long time. I can't even remember our last podcast that we did together. So it feels good to be sitting here, to be in our beautiful studio that is still existing, which is a blessing. And yeah, I'm excited to talk today. So how are you feeling with the baby and how does it feel to be eight months pregnant? Feels good. Yeah, I've been really blessed to uh, not have any health issues to be, you know, feeling good in this pregnancy. And I can't believe time is such a funny thing. I can't believe we're here already. We're 35 weeks. So Kai, our youngest was our oldest, sorry, was born at 38. So we're close. We're super close. Um, I feel like I know this little baby already, and I'm just so excited to meet him. Mm. I say him because Kai really wanted to find out whether this baby was a boy or a girl, so we weren't sure, but we uh, we went with it and, and followed Kai's guidance and found out 
the gender yeah. early. So yeah, we know we're having a boy. Um, we're just so excited to meet him. We don't have a name yet, which we're working on. We'll get there. <laughs> we might have to see his beautiful little face first before we give it to him. I think that reflects kind of where we are, though, as as a people like you and I. Um, even if we didn't find out the sex of our child, I don't think we would be any more surprised than we were when we did find it out. Like we, that, and that's I think the evenness we're looking for in our in our composure, in our conduct, in our mind is. Yeah, surprises are amazing, but like we're in the bliss, like we're in the joy, like regardless of finding out the sex later or now, we're in this vibe of like, we're going to be parents again. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really cool because when we first became parents, we were learning how to be partners to each other. We were learning how to become parents and really try on those shoes and see what it looks like, what it feels like and how it inter how it how it relates to us and our relationship and so we were like learning to become parents we were learning to become husband and wife and that child was fitting into the the learning experience whereas this new child we're going to have this beautiful angel is going to be fitting into an already existing family dynamic that's working so instead of the child coming into our life and us learning to figure things all out for the first time, we know our routine and we have figured out this family dynamic that works really well. So the child is just going to kind of insert itself into this pre-established kind of well-oiled machine, which will allow us to be all to make it all about love for the child instead of loving the child and learning to be parents and learning how to be in a relationship. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're in a different place than when we were ready to welcome Kai. We're, you know, grounded in this beautiful community. We've been here for a while. We have just amazing, supportive people and family around us. And yeah, I'm super excited to to meet him and to um, bring him into this really beautiful community that we have, you know, been so blessed to be part of these last few years. Yeah. And so how does it feel for you? stepping into motherhood for the second time like what was the difference in this journey compared to the journey prior to good question um i feel really blessed in that with kai the first time i didn't have fear of the birth that actual experience or to bringing a little one into the world so i feel like you know i was just excited and just ready for it and and so looking forward to, to blooming into that new role. And actually with this baby, I feel the same too. I'm so excited um, just to go through it all again. I feel like there's some familiarity this time, you know, having been through the birthing process and having a little baby and breastfeeding and all of those things. I feel like it's more familiar than it was last time. And I guess that could be a blessing or not, right? Because, you know, expectations aren't always the best thing and comparison is not always the best thing. So I'm just trying to come at it with, you know, a beginner's mindset, you know, that it's all new, that each little human is so very different. And and this little guy could be completely different than how Kai was when he was a baby, right? Who knows? Maybe Kai slept like 
you know, an hour and a half at a time. He was not a sleeper. Maybe this baby will sleep, uh, you know, six hours. Who knows? It's, it'll be a beautiful surprise. And I think, um, you know, the world is heavy right now. There's always a lot going on, but especially now there's a lot going on, but I feel like this will just be a beautiful little light in our lives and, and, you know, around our community. Totally. It's kind of a blessing, this experience, having our child, because we had, um, you know, we dedicate ourselves to living a spiritual life. And what that means is living a life of service, living a life in devotion to God and really allowing ourselves to live in the bliss as much as we can and trying to flex that bliss so that it repels any potential uh, pessimistic views on life. Because, I mean, there are always going to be things in life that are difficult and challenging that we witness from our vision. Like you'll witness someone trips as they walk down the street and you're like, well, that sucks. That person tripped and hurt themselves. But then you'll look across the other way and you'll see a bird just in total bliss looking at the sky. So it depends where you look. And I think we do our best to focus on um, looking through the eyes of love and devotion now, with that being said, that's kind of where we were. We, um, Our son is almost six years old, and we felt, you know what? Why don't we have another child? And we were like, yeah, that'd be great. I was on uh, Brahmachari vow. I think I was on day 200. And you had said to me, um, this is the time. And I said, yeah, this is totally the time. So we started trying. And Little did we know at the point of conception, it was identical to when we conceived Kai. So the child that we have coming, this divine little angel, is going to be born literally one, well, maybe, we don't know. But the projected birth is one day before Kai's birthday. So April 4th, and Kai's birthday is April 5th. So there's there's something divine kind of at play here, maybe. And I remember you saying that the world needs a little Aries <laughs> at Le- the it, moment. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see when he comes and when he's meant to show up. I think the world could benefit from that passionate, fiery energy of an Aries or that inquisitive nature of a Gemini. And that, that time frame is very similar, you know, the April-May-ish kind of time frame. Um, with that being said living a life of service, how does that bring someone to a place of bliss? Now, I bring this up because the average person listening to this is kind of potentially going through a situation in their life where they're feeling down, maybe down on their luck, down in their friendship circle. Like, are are these the people I want to vibe with? Are these the people that are holding me up? Am I able to exude and express the highest version of myself that I know I am without being kind of made fun of or something. So people are asking themselves, how can I rise up? How can I go to a higher level? How can I catch those spiritual currents and rise higher? Kind of like the analogy of the eagle. And I think we are born on this planet. I think we are born with a destiny. And in this tradition of yoga, we call it dharma. Like you have this moral, righteous, divine destiny. And until you find it, acknowledge it maybe you will feel like you're just chasing your tail but i say that it's an awareness because it's not necessarily like a finding of your dharma because i think we're all born to be of service and if we were to look at our life and how we're positioned we'll see that we are in a place of service so 
if you find yourself being, uh, say, say for the last 10 years, you've been a waitress. Well, what does a waitress do? Service, helping, serve people, right? We just don't see that because we try to attribute um, uh, like a monetary value to the service as opposed to experiencing and witnessing the service itself. So for you, you found yourself being of service to children because before um, before you and me had got, I guess, no, while we were getting married, you were living that life of serving kindergarten children. And I've heard you say some amazing things on how this has shifted your life and what that experience was like. And it was something very sincere and very beautiful to you. And you're, I remember you saying that this was a spiritual experience for you because you were getting to spend time with kindergarten children. What's the age? So in kindergarten, they're basically five, five or six years old. Or sorry, no, four or five. Four yeah. or five. Okay. Yeah. So you have these children who are four or five, and that is a very malleable mind. That's a conditionable mind. That That is a very... Um, what happens in that age is going to really help mold and push them forward into the coming years. And yeah. you had that opportunity to, to support these children. So how did you do that? Like, what, what did that look like for you? Um, well, for me, it was, you know, I knew from a really young age that I wanted to work with kids. So that's what I chose to take in university. Um, I just love working with little ones. They're so beautiful and innocent and creative and curious and just such an inspiration in terms of how we should all be living. So, uh, you know, rather than working in an office full of adults, I loved working with a crazy room full of little ones. Um, every day was so different and dynamic, and I just really feel blessed to have had that time. I think it prepared me a lot to be a mom. I always said I wasn't really attached to the idea of being a mom because I felt like, you know, every year I had 20 little ones of my own. And that's that's how I loved them was like my own. So it definitely prepared me. I learned so many things about working with kids, about, you know, behavior and nurturing and communicating with them on a way that makes sense for their little minds. And um, yeah, no, it's definitely an act of service. It's definitely living in service. You, yeah. you know, it's training, really. What did you want to give them? When you would show up every day to to work and so in kindergarten, you will get to witness like some kids have more than other kids. Some will show up with lunch. Some won't show up with lunch. Um, what did you want to give these kids so that they could walk in? Like, you know, you, you had a small little time frame with them. One year between ages four and five. And what you did in that one little year with them, you wouldn't see them again. You might see them in the school somewhere else with some other teacher. What did you want to leave them with? I really wanted to, within my classroom, just provide an environment where they could be safe and feel safe and nurtured and loved and be themselves, whatever that meant. So whether they were, you know, the, the loud one always performing and being the center of attention or whether they were the little quiet, creative one, you know, just building things in their mind all day. I really wanted to give them that opportunity just to shine in, in whoever they were and to make them feel supported in that. And then here you are now. So life happens, we go through these um, motions, and you're now a mom. 
and your us together are helping support our community in this spiritual center we have where we like focus on providing these devotional studies of yoga to help touch people's heart and help them find exactly what you were just talking about is how they can be themselves be curious be loving and whether that's their performative self or not and let them know that this is a safe space for them to grow and mature so you were providing that for these children a safe space for them to grow and develop and mature and be comfortable with themselves and you're doing that here yeah that's really i think what both of us aim to do with in this center now is just creating a safe space an inclusive space for absolutely everyone no matter who they are and where they're coming from to study and to be curious and to grow and feel supported so yeah it's really the same mm. yeah so to come back to the original question of living of service and how that can help remedy any discontent we have in our heart I really recommend that if you are feeling like you're going through a situation in your life where you're not sure who you are, you're not sure what you're doing, that maybe you can reach deep enough into a moment of stillness, just a moment of quietness where you put your phone down, put your computer down, kind of lock yourself in a room away from your kids for like one or two minutes and ask yourself, what can you do to be of service? Now, I believe you already are of service, whether you're a mom or a parent or whatever it is, but what can you do to kind of stretch yourself outside those confines and come to a place more where you're leaving a love note on someone's window shield at the grocery store, or you're carrying someone's groceries, or you start up like a Bible study group or a book um, club or whatever it is that you may be interested in. Like, how can you facilitate people coming into a place of love and devotion, not like love for material objects, but love for life, love for the experience of living, um, love for spiritual studies, whatever it may be. I think that, you know, what, just as you're speaking, I'm thinking about like when I go to our local coffee shop and how um, the girls who work there are just so loving and create these little tiny interactions with some of the older folks that live in our community and with us and how it doesn't have to be something, you know, really special or out of the ordinary. You have the opportunity to be in service in every little moment. Every time you, you know, meet someone at your workplace, every time you answer the phone, every time you send an email, there's an opportunity for you to, to shine that light and to be, you know, loving and kind and compassionate. It doesn't have to be something huge. And, you know, to honor that you're likely already doing that, you know, a lot of times every single day, that would be a cool thing to reflect on. Yeah. And then so living in service would mean that you're trying to exude and push out of you divine qualities. Um, which we would say is like the qualities of your soul. So being of service is kind of maybe making a pact with yourself that you're going to allow the qualities of your soul to shine brighter than the qualities of your material body. So um, what that means is the soul, usually when we would talk about the soul, it represents like compassion and love and support and giving and helping and caring and unconditional acceptance and um, not giving up on that and perseverance and fortitude so then the material body is usually 
plagued, like the ego is plagued by pride and arrogance and expectation and it's seeking economical advancement, social advancement, reputation and looking to um, create like this strong foundation of that. So living a life of service is kind of saying to ourselves, okay, wow, this is what the ego wants. It wants pride. It wants arrogance. It wants to be right. It wants to defend everything. It, it, it's looking to never admit that it's wrong. It's never looking for a, like apologization or anything. And then the soul is like the opposite of that. So I'm going to live of service and I'm going to choose and exude these qualities of the soul. Um, People are like kind of having trouble in their life and I, I can see it, and they're always having trouble that nothing's new, right? Life is always difficult. So how would you recommend someone exude those qualities of the soul? Do you think it's just a matter of pushing them out or first kind of identifying what those divine qualities would be? For me, I feel like our true nature, I feel like what's underneath when we can just slow down for a minute from the busyness of our lives is that goodness. And I believe that that light is sort of our baseline and how we operate and that other stuff just gets in the way. So I feel like if you can create a little bit of space in your life for stillness, that might be a great first step. Sometimes when we're caught up, you know, busy schedule, we're rushing everywhere, we don't maybe feel like we have the time to make those meaningful moments. If we take a step out of that, whether it's, you know, a little walk in nature or a meditation or a yoga class or whatever it is, a prayer, reading your favorite scripture, taking a moment just to remove yourself, I think that would be a beautiful first step in reminding yourself of that light, mm. that it's there. It's already there. You don't have to force it or fake it. So there you have it. There's... Um a perfect example from a pregnant mama that like our baseline is like the divine nature of our soul and the tendencies of the ego just kind of get in the way sometimes and they're provoked by the world whereas the soul is provoked by introspection so the ego is provoked by the stimulation of the world and the soul is provoked by the introspection like the internal contemplation, the internal experience. So that would derive from prayer, contemplation, repentance, confession, uh, scripture reading, breath work, pranayama, um, a devotional asana class, chanting. So these qualities, they exude through that means. And so if you, I guess really to sum that up, if you were looking to define what the qualities of the soul would be just know that they come through that internal state so like loving someone not because they can give you something now you can love someone through your ego which is because you want something from them or you can love people through your soul which is because you want to give something to them or doing something, you know, just from the goodness of your heart without expectation of reward. I mm -hmm. think that's what uh, the scriptures teach us is that you do it just because it's in you to do. And, and we don't expect anything in return. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and those little acts of kindness, those little moments yeah. that you create are done just because. And the effect of not expecting something, like not expecting a reward from what you've done, is that you actually like rise like there's an elevation in your spirit 
So like I say, I do something for you and I have no expectation of a reward for what I've done for you. And then I don't need to be like glorified for what I've done. What happens is the natural effect of me supporting you without expecting you to receive me. There's like something that happens to my spirit. Totally. Yeah. So what is motherhood? You know, it to to the husband, to a man, it's kind of, um, it's, I get to witness transformation firsthand. I get to witness this transformative journey of you being one person, then you becoming another person. Then now where you are in this stage, you're someone entirely different. And then you're going to have the child and you'll be someone different. And then you're slowly coming back. Like it's this metamorphosis of, of presence what does it feel like for the person going through it? That's really the question. I feel like motherhood and parenthood, just in general, are one of the most intense ways <laughs> and permeating ways you can live in service because all of a sudden there's this beautiful little holy being that depends on you for everything. And I know for me, when I think back about life before being a mama, it was all about me about what I wanted to do and explore. And, you know, my schedule could be whatever I wanted it to be. I had no responsibilities to anyone else, really. So when that shifts and all of a sudden you have this role, it's not about you anymore. It's about this beautiful little creation. And you do it from that place we were talking about, just from nothing but love. It's just from this pure love inside you. Maybe you never knew you had. It's not because you're going to get something from it or because, you know, there's a, an award or some money you're going to get on the other side of it. It's just pure love. So I feel like it's helped me become selfless and become even more loving than I thought I could be prior to being a mama. And I know my dad explains that as you add children into the family, it's not a dividing of love, and it's an expansion of love. And that's one of my favorite things. I think he shared about parenthood, mm -hmm. is that you just keep growing in it. Yeah. Yeah. You just keep growing. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it's a really intense metamorphosis. You're shifting your, your physical body, your spirit, your patterns, your behaviors, what your day looks like, how you sleep. It all changes really quickly. But... The, on the other side of it to make the ease come through is just that really beautiful love you have just growing inside of you that happens simultaneously. Nothing, nothing can simulate what parenthood gives a person. Like it's probably the biggest coming of age journey to bring you into adulthood. Like there's nothing you can do to simulate it. Yeah. It's unique. Totally. And how about your experience as a father? How do you feel like being a father is living in service? Hmm. So I look at it like this. Like, so we are of service. One, we could come to the conclusion, I'm going to live my life of service because simply because of one element. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe I, I just want to help people. But I think the reason we are drawn to being of service is because deep down we know God is of service to us. And there's this 
very sublime infatuation with that parental guidance. And so if the great parent is always looking after us and helping us and supporting us and helping everybody and supporting them no matter who they are, no matter whether they believe in God or not, there's always this divine process occurring that's facilitating support and parental guidance, um, I think we want to be like God deep down. So then we start to exude and take on those qualities of what God would be, which is looking after people. So being a parent to me is like is like that. It's I want to take my like I, I know how to raise my son through the good qualities I witnessed in my parents raising me. But then I want to look higher than that. Like I want to think about how God supports us in our journey. And God's like letting me fall and scrape my knee. And you could see that from the perspective of why would you let me fall and hurt myself and scrape my knee? But then think about who you become on the other side of the knee being healed is you know not to do something a certain way. So you fell and scraped your knee because you were running and you didn't see that little step and you tripped on it and fell. Well, since that whole process unfolded, now you know to do the same thing you were doing, but to just be aware of something might be in the way of your feet as you're running. And now you are growing in consciousness. You're growing in the efficiency of your operations and you're becoming more consistent in not always making mistakes. Now, the mistakes are always going to happen, of course. So that's kind of how I look at the parent experience for myself is how can I pull my ego away from raising my son and try my best to allow the qualities I think God would use to raise its children and and facilitate my son in that. And obviously I'm guilty in falling into the ego um, perspective as we all are but i do my best to to exude that so like let my son fall let him make mistakes um but then i fall like i said i fall ill on a few of those things like like trying to get him dressed instead of like letting him dress himself i'll be like hey why don't you wear these jeans today in this sweatshirt and he's like no don't try to dress me and then i sit there and ask myself like why would i like yeah just let him dress himself right just let him dress himself so it's letting go of those qualities. So for me, that's what this, it's not this obviously experience you're going through. For me, it's very like, it's a sizing up. It's like a, like observing you going through your process. How can I support you in that? And then how can I kind of highlight the attributes that come naturally from a man, which is protection, defensiveness, knowledge, and, and give those things to you and to my son. And so I realized that as we have this new child, like Kai is turning six. So I'll be spending like a lot more time with him and realizing that you'll be naturally just spending more time with the child until the child um, isn't so desperate in needing you, right? In, the, in that first year, it's just that child needs its mother. It has to, like it would not survive without that warmth, that support and that nurturance of the mother, 
it's not, there's nothing a father can do. Like if we lived out in the middle of nowhere and it was, a you know, 5,000 years ago, there's no milk substitutes, you know, like the, that, that child needs its mother. So me, I just hold space and I just stay in the best space I can mentally and spiritually and make sure I always check in with you and see if there's things you need and make sure that I'm always reflective of my interactions with our son and prepare myself to be more present with this child coming than I was with Kai because I've kind of done a bit of the work on understanding the parental landscape. So now it's just kind of how can I come at this and be of deep, sincere support to you and the child. Yeah. And, and just be more in love, you know, instead of figuring out. I think each time will be an evolution. Each time you have a child, each time you go through a big experience or transition or take on a new project, yeah, it creates this evolution and this uh, needing to look at ourselves and how we can grow and be better and and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also really excited to see how Kai grows into the role of being big brother. Mm-hmm. That'll be really amazing to watch. He's already so sweet and so loving and kisses my belly and tells baby to kick me. And uh, they have a really beautiful relationship already. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. And he's going to be six years older than yeah. his brother, which means he's going to be able to impart a lot of his knowledge and learned experiences and we don't really facilitate like the environment at home isn't kind of what it was like for us growing up like we're we're very involved we're always there with our son supporting him helping him grow and I don't think because there's that six-year gap that Kai will be distant from his brother's life at all like if anything I think he'll be more involved with his brother than ever, you know, so it's gonna be really cool to witness all that stuff. And this is like a massive service journey (laughs) that we're embarking upon again is becoming parents again. Yeah, for sure. So I think that that's where we are in terms of where we're serving at the moment. Obviously, the studio, um, so dear to our hearts. And as I look forward to having baby, I also am so gonna miss teaching regularly and seeing everybody here in this space and yeah we're so blessed to have a group of incredible teachers here and just amazing people who who serve our community in the same way that we do and they're going to take over and do an amazing job and uh, it feels really good to also know that to know that our our space is going to be well taken care of while I'm away yeah and before you know it you'll be back in here and you'll have a baby with you maybe, or maybe you won't, right? Uh, it's going to be cool. We have such a wonderful community here yeah. to help support the journey. And um, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited to be a family unit of four. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. I, I just can't believe um, how blessed and fortunate we are to... To have like devoted our lives to like this spiritual path and then to have children born of that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just beautiful. It's really great. I mean, 
I'm not wishing that was my case. It would have been awesome, but I mean, I don't think I'd be who I am today if that was. Like, I needed everything I experienced. You needed everything you experienced. Our parents did the best they could. They're good parents. But it's like really beautiful that our children get to be born of, you know, very devout yogis. And the Bhagavad Gita speaks about that and that beautiful nature um, of being born. Like, what, what does Krishna say? He says, uh, it is really rare to be born in this lifetime to a family of yogis. And that's a very sattvic trait, a sattvic quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just to touch on, if you aren't a parent, I think when I look at some of my friends who aren't parents and some of the people we know in our community and our friends, they have created in their own ways, not in creating another human, but in creating these beautiful projects and offerings into the world that because they're not parents of children, they have, you know, a long time every day to to pour their love and spirit into these offerings. So I feel like we're speaking today about, about service through being parents and in a way being parents to the studio, but just like how we're parents to the studio, a lot of people we know are just doing these incredible things, being parents and creators of these other types of things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to say that quickly, yeah. just like, yeah, having that time that, and though. yeah. They yeah. know that. They know that. We're, I think we're talking about um, just like the sacrificial service of being a mm. parent, which is like we're sacrificing... Um, well, no, it's not like we're sacrificing. It's just when you become a parent, you have to sacrifice the things you want to do for the things that really need to happen. Like it, like I said, it's the greatest path to embark upon if you're learning or interested in learning how to make things no longer all about you, mm-hmm. which is huge because that's what we do in our life. We make everything about us and then we get into a relationship and we fight because it's supposed to be all about me and the other person is thinking it's supposed to be all about me. And then there's this conflict that arises through two personality types that have become so good at making everything about them. Parenthood is just like, hey, it can't be all about you anymore or this child's going to die. And then that weighs on your conscience. So you're like, okay, full power service mode. Let's go, right? Um, I think it's good to end it here. This has been a nice little conversation to have, a nice little recap. Um, we'll go into, obviously, a, a deeper recap about, you know, like what's been happening in the world. Um, that's just not today. But, you know, like how have we... Um, dealt with the difficulties in the world um, what, what has happened to uh, yoga grace like how did it um, maneuver through this difficulty and when will the difficulty ever be over i mean like what's happening in the world right so this was fun this was fun to recap and have a little chat with everybody and it was really nice to look into your eyes and have a conversation with other child's And soon we'll be back to share, hopefully, a beautiful birth story and and let you know how everything went and uh, introduce you to our little one. Totally. We definitely will do that. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into Graceful Living Podcast, another episode on how you can touch your own heart with qualities that will rise you higher and higher into the spiritual currents of life. Thank you so much, sweetheart, for being here with us today. And for all of you listening, we hope that you 
find abundant peace and joy and happiness in your life and that your family is blessed with health and prosperity. <laughs>